Hey, this Realm of the Mist podcast is brought to you proudly by the Nurses Guild. Hi, this is Eddie Deason. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory. Ha 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 ha. Hey, what's up, guys? Chris Rosali back for another Breaking the Fourth Wall. Forgive my background. My uh, my little viewer thing wanted to erase me from the program, which I guess is fine because my mother said I had a face for radio. Um, with me today is a guy who comes from the same world I did in some way, shape, or form. He was a, is, was, and probably still can be a referee for, I believe it was Keystone Wrestling Federation? Uh, Keystone State Wrestling Alliance, the KSWA out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. There you go. Mr. David Fedor. David, how you doing today? Doing well, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Now, it's funny because like you were just saying, you should have put on your Penguins hat because we could have had a little interstate wars here. As I was a wrestler who started my career in the Philadelphia area and here across the interstate, you were starting pretty much your career damn near at the same time yeah, in Pittsburgh we, on the other side of the state. So. Yeah, so nice <laughs> turnpike series we got going on right now. What drew you to, to pro wrestling? What made you decide oh, not only to be, a pro, uh, be involved in the wrestling scene, but to go the ways of a manager or not a manager, uh, a referee? Well, um, Ever since I was a kid, that was like the first form of entertainment I was gravitated towards. Uh, I grew up in the rock and wrestling era. Hulk Hogan was larger than life, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, Brutus Beefcake, all those uh, iconic cartoon-esque wrestlers. Uh, the British Bulldogs were my favorite tag team. Their uh, feud with the Hart Foundation was what solidified me as a wrestling fan. Uh, and from there, that's what I grew up uh, really watching course you know like everybody uh, interest goes in and out um so then um but wrestling has always been one of my one of my uh first loves uh the 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 way i got hooked up with the kswa um i i was a performer i did comedy in pittsburgh and did live shows improv shows and things like that and um i would go to the kswa shows just as a fan and watching and um, realized that there was something there. There was some kind of magic that was happening in this uh, Moose Lodge in Lawrenceville. Uh, all these hipsters drinking and yelling and, and like it was this magic environment. So I started filming comedy bits there at the shows, uh, just in the audience, myself and my, uh, uh, one of the comedy partners that I had. And um, and we were just having a good time. And, and eventually they pulled me aside and like uh, worked me in a little bit. And, um, and it was, it was like, we, we had some, we, we made some fun videos, some good comedy stuff. Um, and then they needed a referee and they knew my performing background. Uh, they knew my love of wrestling and um, started uh, training me to be, to be a referee. And um, from there it just took off. It's kind of funny with with a with a skill set as as a stand up comedian. I would have more imagined they would have put you in a role of like manager position because I could see like you know command mic command skills, promo skills of a stand up comedian coming in handy with being 
kind of yeah. a Bobby the Brain Hedon-esque style heel manager. So it's um, funny they went referee. Yeah, I think there was a need. There was a need for the referee, and and you don't just bring anybody off the street and uh, and and give them the keys to to too much too soon. So I'm sure uh, if that would have been something I pursued, I could have worked. And hey, I'm still young. I could still uh, be one of those old uh, old guys walking around the ring with a cane and and being a manager uh, ten years from now. Um, hey, right on, yeah. <laughs> But uh, but uh, I, I really took to to being a referee because it's it's kind of like the unsung hero, the the flying under the radar kind of guy, the the third guy in the ring. Uh, that uh, that it's 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 part of the performance. I don't want to say performance because uh, I know. Um, but in terms of from my background of comedy, um, yeah, it's it's part of the sport. Um, so um yeah it it was awesome and and the KSWA specifically um is unique in that it kind of has its roots in old school Pittsburgh studio wrestling like there's the aspect of the local tradition the local like with Bruno San Martino uh Chili Billy uh all those all those old uh, black and white, awesome videos and awesome things. Uh, Georgie Animal Steel, um, <laughs> like jumping, jump, jumping, uh, J- Jimmy, De- jumping Johnny DeFazio, uh, like guys like that. And and so this this um, this presentation is it was more than just your regular indie show. You had the characters, you had the 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 theatrics you had the the matches and and everything was all it was all a lot of fun so um it was it was like i've enjoyed my time there it's been you know a ton of years now what is it 2020 like it's 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 a lot of fun well let, let me let me let me uh delve a little deep here let, let's pull back kayfabe a slight bit here okay uh, in, in, in the sense of like uh and i'll give an example of what i mean by this question before you answer it uh when did the kayfabe curtain officially drop for you where you saw wrestling in a light more than just what's usually presented on tv or or whatever else and as i mean as an example when i was 14 years old I was part of a, a naval youth group called the United States Naval Sea Cadet Corps. One of the officers that were volunteers of it were also a manager for an indie feder- uh, federation out of New Jersey. And one night they invited me to come see one of their matches, one of their shows. And the, uh, the main event match was Warlock versus Mr. Tony Atlas or Mr. USA Tony Atlas yeah. in the steel cage. The the curtain was dropped for me at 14 years old because after that show I went with with the uh, the manager that I went with and all the guys that did the show to a little pizzeria in South Philly and we all sat there eating and joking and getting along with each other and I realized these guys don't hate each other that was <laughs> that was where kayfabe dropped for me yeah. where was it where was it for you where where was the day that you were like oh that's how this works I, I it wasn't a light switch <laughs> moment for me uh it was it was probably just one of those realizations uh, with age that comes um kind of it was probably my dad probably smarted me up on something and was just like you know that's all oh, that's fake or whatever i hate the f word but yeah. um, 
it's um like that it it was never it was never a big reveal like anything dramatic like you said but i do remember when it was definitely real when uh the bulldogs got screwed out of the titles with danny davis and uh, I was sitting there on the floor crying as I'm watching the TV and my mom's like, go outside. I'm like, you don't understand. Dynamite. They busted them up and they, they, they two on one and the crooked ref, blah, blah, blah. So I remember all that stuff. I remember going to the matches at the Civic Arena with my dad and we'd always get that month's WWF magazine and, and um, take a little brown bag of snacks. And it was like Little Debbie's Star Crunch and uh, stuff in there. And I remember seeing in the early nineties uh, when Ric Flair had his one year run in WWE um, the Ho Hogan and Flair was one of the main events for civic arena that I saw. And then uh, Bulldogs and heart foundation in a steel cage was one of the, one of the things. So it's like that, those memories are still there. Uh, finding out it's, you know, a, a, a type of type of entertainment, I don't remember. I'm sure it was probably somewhere in between the the Attitude Era and the rock and wrestling era. That uh, 92 new era, new generation was probably where I was like, wait a second. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I didn't necessarily mean that you found out that it was, uh, you know, and I hate I hate the F word too. I always use the term for people if they if they want to argue the point is uh, stunt work. Yeah. You know. Or 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 uh, it's it's a cooperative active it's a performing art performance yeah it's it's performing art and it hurts i mean even as a referee you need to be in shape and you're in there running your ass off and 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 you know it's i know <laughs> any 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 can't part fake of it a chair shot you can't fake any of it um can't fake gravity yeah you know but uh no that that, that that's that, that's why i was interested because uh when you when you were doing the uh outside of the ring comedy spots for yourself and all that, and that, that drew the attention of the Federation that in turn drew you into the Federation itself. I was wondering if at any point, like when they were like, look, come here, kid, you know, that you, that you finally like looked at it and it's like realized, like, I remember, I remember the first time, the best way I could describe it is the first time I walked into the GWA sweat box when I was, when I got offered to uh, be trained. And I looked at that facility in South Philadelphia, 9th and Past Young. And <laughs> wow, Ric Flair lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> this place was a hole in the wall with a falling apart practice ring. You know, surprised the cockroaches weren't pulling uh, spots in the <laughs> in the ring. And I'm sitting there like, this is pro wrestling. <laughs> that was really where I got the uh, the realization that just like, you know, minor league baseball or or underground music that pro wrestling has its starting points and it is not glamorous yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah well so. uh the 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 comedy sketches that i was doing so when um when i would go to the shows it was my friend and i we played uh brothers and we were super fans of the kswa and we would just film film some of the action film ourselves in our seats and we were just over the top typical wrestling fans and the guys would see us and see it on youtube and be like oh and and we noticed month after month as as the year progressed they started playing towards us because it was you know an extra layer of 
advertisement that they were getting out of it. And, and, and we would yell and give them hell and play along as well. So it was a lot of fun. It was like one of these, um, you kind of became hat guy in ECW. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I was wild bill. My friend, John was Mark. Um, so we were wild bill and Mark and we did it. It, it, it was a fun thing. Right. So every end of the year in December, the KSWA has a big fan fest show. And that's when they bring in, you know, some of the, the you know, national guys. Uh, they have a Toy Fest uh, fundraiser for toys for, you know, local uh, kids for the holidays, things like that. Um, the, the month before, they were like, hey, are you going to be here next month? And we're like, yeah. And at this point, we had never once, they never stopped us from filming or doing any of our things. We never really asked permission to do so. So it was cool that they let us, but never once did we coordinate anything. Right. And during our year, you know, we told storylines from our perspective as fans, like my brother and I, there was a girl, uh, uh, like a girlfriend for, for my, uh, my brother's character or whatever. Uh, and we had all the storylines going on and stuff. Um, and they ended up uh, announcing that I got to be a guest ring announcer and my brother, you know, Mark uh, would be the guest barber for a hair versus hair match. Oh, geez. So it went from, you know, we, like he went to prison, he learned a trade. It was barbering because I got my hair cut during the year. It was a home. So then they worked that into this thing. And before we knew it, before anybody ever had any kind of handshake or any kind of anything, I found myself in the ring doing an announcement while my, you know, comedy partner is shaving somebody's head that we've never met, <laughs> never had a conversation with, and it was just one of those "wow, this is fun" type things. Um, so that was kind of like how how we got our feet wet in terms of, or you know, I I still work with them. Uh, my friend John doesn't. So, oh wow, that that's that's amazing. That's obviously that's honestly one of the few matches i've never been involved with uh, as a hair versus hair match but nobody wanted to cut that rat's nest that i had in in my years of wrestling but i mean like uh how is it interacting in the ring as a referee uh with, with some of the some of the uh talent and, and personalities yeah. in the ring uh the reason i asked there was a referee in colorado uh pat caesar uh great guy he was huge hugely great guy Pro salt of the earth would give you the shirt off his back like one of the greatest guys on the planet uh deeply deeply religious person and i had an alternate gimmick that i would play called the 13th apostle christian draconis and uh this gimmick was uh he was intended to be kind of like an undertaker in his heyday like the larger than life you could feel the evil coming off him type character supernatural okay and that gimmick scared the living shit out of poor Pat Caesar. Pat loved me to death, but when I put on the makeup and the outfit and I would come out to the ring, he would actively avoid me because it <laughs> literally scared the hell out of him. That's funny. <laughs> you have any character interactions like that where it almost broke kayfabe in the sense of like, I'm just not toying with that? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's guys that come through and uh, some guys in the locker room that you definitely don't want to be on the bad side of or, 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 um, uh, or, or upset. Um, one that comes to mind, uh, he's a local Pittsburgh legend. Uh, his name is T. Rantula. Um, he's, you know, been in 
you know, he's, he's gone in the national circuit a lot, um, too. He, um, he wrestled, uh, I think, the big show uh, when he was the giant in WCW. Okay. Um, and he did, um, I want to say, yeah, he wrestled The Rock on Sunday Night Heat. And um, he kicked out of The Rock Bottom because it was, like, way before The Rock was The Rock. He was still in the nation and stuff. So, he, like, it's on YouTube and stuff. It's fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and he had a couple of matches with uh, Mick Foley uh, with PWX when that was running locally. And uh, and he's, like, I'm six three six four, So I'm way too tall to be a referee to begin with. And he's a good five, six inches taller than me. Uh, and, uh, you know, comes to all the shows and is on his motorcycle and stuff. And, and he's, you know, one of the locker room leaders. He's been in the business for decades. Um, and he, um, he has one of the hardest chops I've ever seen, um, and had the unfortunate pleasure to receive, um, so the um, so he also he, he does this uh, nacho city gimmick where he'll take nachos from somebody ringside and smash it in his opponent's um, p- opponent's face. I've gotten that before, but um, we were in the ring and uh, and the match spilled out to the floor and the uh, his opponent was running away and he didn't get a chance to uh, to get his hands on him. So he was upset. The crowd was john and yelling and um all of a sudden i hear a couple people start yelling hit the ref hit the ref hit the ref and then i kind of give one of these side views and like start shaking my head and then just the whole crowd just starts going nuts and they're all chanting hit the ref and he he, he looks to me and he kind of like shrugs i'm like damn it so he backs (laughs) me up into the corner and um and he just wails and it was the loudest i literally felt the chop in my back before I felt it on my chest. That's how hard his chop was. And, um, and it was, it was awful. And I just like crumpled in the corner and everybody's cheering. And then a one more time, uh, chant (laughs) broke up. And to this day, I don't know why I didn't roll out of the ring before the one more time chant got caught on. Uh, so then I got a second and then I was just uh, like, get me the hell out of here. How long did it take for the bruise to go away? (laughs) Oh, I still have it. It's right under here. Yeah. (laughs) I still, Uh, I I still had the bruise from Harley race. He, he got mm -hmm. EWA and, uh, at the time I was 126 pounds soaking wet and, you know, we're doing a mock match in, in the training facility and he's a, he's a guest and everything. He looks at me and he says, I want that kid. I said, Oh, great. You know, and I'm green as shit. So I'm not, I'm not going to argue with the man, but you know, all of a sudden he goes over to a pillar a concrete pillar and he starts slapping it with his hand, toughening up his hand. I said, what are you doing? He said, you like to do flips. I like to do chops. <laughs> I took about seven of them. And I swear to God, it took a month and a half for my chest to stop changing colors uh, of bruising before the handprint finally went away. <laughs> but you do it again now. Oh, absolutely. Harley's a <laughs> legend, and he gave me credit that I didn't cry in front yeah. of him. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> in front of him. <laughs> in front of him. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've luckily with uh, KSWA, the, the, the guys who run that place, um, they're really good with bringing in um the legends like that uh, like um bruno sammartino george animal steel dominic danucci uh we've had when you had 
when you had George and you gave him his his gimmick turnbuckle, did he remember which one it was? <laughs> he didn't do it for us. That was before my time, so I don't I don't have any George uh, George Steele stories. Uh, but was, he was he was good friends with uh, with the guys there. Yeah, I I was still uh, ring crew and and training at the time that we had George Steele. And you're like, no, that one. Yeah, Izzy, Izzy Valis had just bought all brand new turnbuckles, and we put a false one up there for George to tear apart. And long story short, I'm not going to bore everybody out, but uh, as the show's going on, he's pulling false eat, eat, eat in corners, and he get cut off or whatever. And then finally, there's a spot where he's supposed to rip it open, and he, he's in the exact opposite corner that he's supposed to be. He ripped up a brand new turnbuckle pad, and I looked <laughs> over at my uh, – promoter Izzy who was watching the show and I'd never seen a Puerto Rican turn whiter <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of money for that turnbuckle oh man that's funny we had um so when when I was there when I was uh refereeing um I got a chance to work Hacksaw Jim Duggan match um nice. so he um he, he came to this was probably 2013 I want to say something like that I uh, know it had to be later than that Regardless, um, so he, he, he comes down and he has his uh, America gimmick and everything and, and he was wrestling uh, nasty, nasty Nick Crane, one of our uh, um, local guys who's been in the scene for decades as well and, and he was doing a Canadian, uh, Canadian thing so it was perfect uh, pairing. And um, I remember he came out and he had his two by four and he had his American flag, right? And he comes in the ring and ch chases out Nasty and Crane with his, um, with his two by four. And then again, and like I was the I was the head referee at the time, and and uh, like I didn't I wasn't a, I didn't play it up like I was a heel. I just played it up like, you know, I'm the stupidest guy in the room. You want the ref to be the stupidest guy in the room. So it was always like children's theater behind you, behind you type stuff. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, so the, the fans love giving me shit. So of course they yell at Hacksaw Jim Duggan to go after me. And um, so he comes swinging at me with his two by four uh, without any words notice or anything like that. And he, he come, and I'm like running around. I'm like, no, you got to move. And I got my hands up like this. And, and then he starts coming at my toes and he just starts and I'm like jumping, jumping, jumping and, and going after my uh, feet. And I have a picture of that, um, of, of me dancing as he's hitting <laughs> at my feet. And I was like, that's one of the most brilliant things. Improvising with Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the middle of FanFest with hundreds of people laughing. And then he beat Nasty Nick, of course. And I raised his hand and I remember raising his hand and looking into the crowd and I saw my brother. And you know, you know, thirty years of watching wrestling together, and I'm holding Hacksaw Jim Duggan's hand, and and I was like, oh, holy shit! It was just like one of those fun <laughs> moments. That, that was going to be my next question for you: is uh, throughout the time that you were that you were refereeing, specifically, uh, is there a particular time where where you kind of almost obviously you got to keep professionalism when sure, you're right. doing the show, even in comedy spots. But was there any points where you where you were kind of marking out like holy shit i'm i'm here with this person watching this person and that person and yeah that. yeah you know like well, I, that's... I you know like the hacksaw jim duggan I, I grew up watching him and now i'm raising his hand like right yeah know. it's like this guy won the royal rumble <laughs> right like he was the first one right um 
so that would have definitely been one of them. Um, and then another one was um, we had uh, Ricky Steamboat and okay. uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was there. And this was maybe, you know, a couple years after that, um, maybe like 2015, 2016. And, um, and he wasn't working. He just um, had um, made an appearance, did a speech um, and um, signed autographs and things like that was sitting at the, uh, at the gimmick table. And um, during one of the matches, he did a, uh, a, a spot with the heel manager outside the ring and he, you know, uh, knocked him out or whatever. And um, I remember as the ref, I was distracted, uh, you know, by this outside interference going on. And then the, you know, pinfall happened behind me. Um, and I remember watching Ricky Steamboat grab Tommy Fame and go back and have his big, huge swing back and open up and the classic Ricky Steamboat pose and his foot kicks up and he lays it in and Tommy Fame, you know, crumbles to the ground. And I remember just like being in awe of how smooth Ricky Steamboat was. Um, you know, this is how many years, this is several years after his comeback at WrestleManias and things like that. And it was just like, it took, took my breath away. And, and then I hear the guys behind me going, Fedor, the cover. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> like, oh shit, I really was distracted by this. Um, but yeah, that was, that would have been another moment where it was like, wow. I luckily, luckily in my career, I'd, I'd never gotten that starstruck. Like I met AJ Styles when he was still part of the NWA and, you know, uh, I think the closest I ever got, which was actually a funny story, was uh, in Rocky Mountain Championship Wrestling when I first won the interregional title. And it was a year-long story arc of blood feud with the guy who was previously champion. It was a great story. And this is during the day of MySpace. And uh, all of a sudden, I get a message on MySpace when I posted the pictures of me holding the title. And uh, I get a message from a guy from Chicago saying oh man that's great that you won the title congratulations and everything else I didn't know who the hell he was I, I thought it was a mark and I'm like yeah cool thanks you know I appreciate it you know I wasn't trying to be a dick but I was you know it was one of those deals of like I don't want to talk to a fan yeah come to find out later it was CM Punk <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah you know congrats. Oh, that guy from chicago that guy from chicago Oh, okay <laughs> it was during during the time when he was still part of ring of honor i believe and uh and all that and he, he was i thought he was just marking out for the belt i didn't realize he was actually congratulating me yeah, yeah so i didn't know who he was i felt so yeah. terrible afterwards i'm like holy shit but uh the closest i ever came to marking out and and, and really losing myself from the professionalism of the, of the uh, profession was uh, as a thank you for, for the services I did for Rocky Mountain. They were supposed to give me my, one of my dream matches. They, were, they had booked Marty Jannetty and they were going to give me the match against him. Now, of course, I was going to do the do the honors and everything else, but it was just like, holy shit, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Rockers fan. Of course, I want to wrestle Marty Jannetty. Fortunately, he canceled last minute, so I never got the chance. But, like, when, when the promoter, Blind Mike, turned around and told me he's giving me Janetti, like, I, I 
I needed adult diapers that day. Like I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so disappointed. But I mean, uh, now you're still with uh, with Keystone. You're st are you still refereeing? Um, so I've transitioned from a uh, refereeing position to a uh, we'll call it a backstage official position. Uh, so I'm still in the in the refereeing. Uh, but I'm uh, also helping out my good friend Yenza, the Pittsburgh Luchador. Uh, with his career uh, as as a professional wrestler, so kind of kind of like a promoter and and yeah, like I, I I handle his um, his social media pages and um, take pictures for him stuff like that. Help him with his bags if he needs them. All right, so you you call him the Pittsburgh Luchador. Yes, is it because he's from Pittsburgh or is he actually a trained luchador? Is he from like Mexico or area? Uh, he's not Mexican. He is definitely. Pittsburgh. Uh, he's just definitely from Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, he's um, very influenced with luchador style. So he, he does his best efforts to be a luchador. Um, he and, follows and, all the traditions. And, 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 and tiptoes tip the line of doing his best not to be offensive to anybody with any kind of... Um, He's from Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure he's not like you know, uh, for lack of a better term here. I'm sure he's not cultural appropriating. Yeah, we're not. We're not, we're not cultural appropriating anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because anybody could be a luchador as long as you 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 train under that style and tradition. Right. If I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. So, so basically, you don't necessarily have to be from Mexico to be a luchador. Correct. You just have right. to respect the traditions of the luchador to become a luchador, correct? Right. Correct. Right. Okay. Has he trained under uh, professional no, luchadors? No. Or? <laughs> who's his, no, who's his no. trainer? Um, the, the, the KSWA has a, a wonderful training program, and, um, and, he, and he's, he's, he's come up through that, those ranks. Um, so it has, he, hasn't, he hasn't had any official luchador training. Well, that, 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 that's a great thing we can promote right there, uh, the KSWA training facility. Tell me about that, uh, the local area. Give me some information on that for anybody listening to the show that may be interested in becoming uh, part of the pro wrestling experience, be it a, a worker, a referee, a manager, a valet, or yeah. hell, even somebody behind the scenes. Yeah, the uh, Keystone State Wrestling Alliance, you can find all the information at kswa.net. Um, unfortunately, a lot of things have been shut down obviously for the, this past year. Uh, so we haven't had any shows since February. Um, the, um, some of the local promotions um, in Ohio, West Virginia, other parts of Western Pennsylvania have started doing out, outdoor shows, some of the drive-in places and things like that. Um, so right now it's not feasible for the KSWA to be doing any of that. Our um, home was the, the Spirit Lounge in uh, downtown Pittsburgh in the Lawrenceville uh, uh, section of Pittsburgh. So um, there hasn't been any activity there. Um, I'm in touch with Bobby O, the owner, um, from time to time, and, and I don't know when we're going to be up and running again. But um, 
do do KSWA broadcast or or have put up on YouTube anything like that anywhere anybody could find some of their project uh, not projects but some of their shows or maybe matches. Um, th- there haven't been uh, too many streaming. There's uh, there's a gentleman uh, Tom Davenport who records the shows and and sells DVDs at the, at the shows and things like that. Um, but uh, especially with what's going on now with uh, COVID and everything. Um, I think we're all trying to figure out what the next way to get the product out there because um, I don't know when the next time we'll be able to pack hundreds of people in a, a, a small room that is already too fire code. What's the COVID code going to be? <laughs> um, so it's, it's um, yeah, we're not, we're not, everything and and that's all above my pay grade anyway so i have no information right. about that anyway so no i just i was just curious in case anybody was curious to see if the keystone does keystone come out of the uh pittsburgh area uh i know some federations that i've worked for they didn't necessarily stay in their home cities or even home states so uh what about kswa do they travel venture outside their normal territories when they uh, and in? anywhere anywhere western pennsylvania is um is where we've gone in the past we've gone as north as almost uh tianoga tianoga uh by uh, allegheny national forest um but uh there's there's in pittsburgh itself there's probably a handful of other uh groups so there's um a couple different places that um that we don't run because other feds run uh but we we run downtown we run the neighborhoods downtown we do a lot out of lawrenceville bloomfield um and 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 those places um so it's um out towards the airport a little bit but um yeah it's generally pittsburgh proper greater pittsburgh area um and some western pennsylvania shows depending on um where we where we get booked there's you know we've had last year not counting 2020 obviously but 2019 we had 25 26 shows something like that um so it was you know one of those twice a twice a month during the summer obviously you're gonna have more shows um but uh but yeah it's 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 fun to keep it definitely enough to keep us busy so well the next question i've got to ask is when do you think it's enough or is there ever going to be a time where it's like uh, maybe it's time for me to step down like myself when when i stepped down it was uh it was i i did it for personal reasons before my body gave out on me yeah um, which is why I always say I've got one more good one left in me because I stopped before I wound up walking yeah. McFoley. <laughs> uh, but, uh, at the same indifference, um, I didn't have to retire when I did, I chose 2012 to retire for, for getting married, having children, stuff like that. Um, but, uh, what about you? What, what's going to be the day if there, if it ever comes that you turn around and say, you know what, it's time to, to pass the torch. Um, I, I had my first son in 2015 and just had a second now, thank you, um, in, uh, April of 2020. So, um, those were some lulls in my activity and my career. Um, and right before this COVID stuff happened, it was like, you know, stuff was kicking into high gear with, with the, with the, my friend Yenza and, um, and I don't know what it's going to happen, what's going to happen with that now that once things open up again, um, I could, I could see another five years of that. Um, 
I'm not, I'm not young. I started 20 years too late. Um, I was telling stories of how I was watching Hulk Hogan uh, and, and, and things when I was a kid. So you could probably figure out that I, uh, I'm closer to becoming a manager than I am uh, ever getting it. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not moving to Florida to, to, uh, to try to join any kind of, uh, uh, what's that place for? Uh, Elderly yeah. communities. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say uh, the the performance center. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That too. Yeah. So I. I. In no way has my passion of professional wrestling ever been. I need to sign with the a big name. Um, no, I, I'm not worried about auditioning or trying out or going for anything like that would i of course uh but that's not why i do it i do it because i love it i do it because there's nothing like being in the center of a 20 foot by 20 foot square when 500 people are focused their energy on every single move that's going on every single step that's being taken there that's a, a rush and a feeling that you can't describe um, even though I'm trying to right now, no, I get, um, I get the, it. um, as a, as a, um, sketch comedian, improv comedian, um, I was used to performing in front of people. When you start adding adrenaline to that and you start adding athleticism to that, it increases that to a whole new level that is ridiculously addicting. So, would I ever give that up? No. Do no, I understand why? Do I understand why people chase that in forms of drugs and other substances? Yes, because it is addicting. Um, it's, like it's, you, I, I absolutely agree. Because uh, when when I first broke into the business, I was a musician, and of course, I'd gone up and done shows and and stuff like that to to local bars where people really didn't give two shits about me. I was just background noise while they were getting drunk. Um, you know, and, and you're right. The f I, 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 I will never forget my first ever match, which was a complete clusterfuck. It was 30 second squash, you know, had, had my ass handed to me by a guy dressed like a, like a, a, a mobster. Uh, he was called the Don. And literally I could describe the match for you. That's how short it was. It's I come out to the ring and nobody knows who the hell I am. And then he comes out, sneaks up behind me, hits me with a violin case. The bell rings. He pins me. It's over. That was literally my first match. Yeah. But I was able in that short amount of time before he hit me with the, with the violin case to get the crowd to hate him, which, which was my job, you know, and, and then he hit me and the crowd oohed and odd and I laid there and I heard the count and it was over and I'm selling it while he's celebrating. And in my mind, all I thought was, this is all I need. This is literally all I need because it, it just, it literally clicked and you're right. There's nothing on the planet in any form of entertainment that can compare to being in that ring. And for that 30 seconds, five minutes, 15 minutes, you know, that you're out there, that you are the center focus of these people and you literally are controlling their emotions. Yeah. And they're so appreciative to it. There's, there's no greater feeling on the planet. There are days I still go through withdrawals from it. <laughs> I can't watch old wrestling videos because of the fact I'm like, oh, I kind of want to go do that again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
And, and, and especially this year when it's taken away, um, not on your own terms, it's, it's, it's added. Um, we, we do a, a yearly show in Homestead. It's uh, called The Brawl Under the Bridge. going on minions mike here for misery point radio and you're listening to the coast to coast power hour on the sj network now i know what you're thinking mike what the f is a coast to coast power hour well my uneducated and uninformed friend the coast to coast power hour is a borg-like collective of epic podcasters from epic podcasts that have all come together to discuss the important things in life pop culture current events random awesomeness stuff like that trust me you need this in your life for more information on this show and all the shows on the coast to coast power hour as well as on the sj network reach out to publicist steve joiner at www.s-j-network.com or steve sj network at gmail.com no need to thank me i'm just out here you know changing lives following is an important message from the Nurses Guild of Florida. We know COVID has many scared. Many of our seniors are even afraid to go to the doctors. Just the thought of being exposed to all the people in the waiting room in addition to the doctor's staff is a risk many don't want to take right now. However, putting off health care makes most conditions worse. The Nurses Guild has the solution. One that exposes you to just one person. Call your doctor's office and have them order a nursing assessment from the Nurses Guild. We are a five-star Medicare home health agency. Your registered nurse in full PPE will perform a full head-to-toe assessment, vital signs and medication review, pulse oximetry, even an EKG if needed. Lab work and x-rays can also be done at home. Our registered nurse will discuss all of this strictly and directly with your doctor and get you results. All of our nurses and home health aides are fully screened, supervised, and COVID tested. Call the Nurses Guild today to arrange your home health visit at 954-596-9806 in Broward County and 561-826-8937 in Palm Beach County. Remember, health care put off is health care too late. Stay safe during the pandemic. Wear a mask and insist those around you wear Wear a mask, wash your hands frequently, and stay home as much as possible. Um, and it's an outside venue. It's under one of the main bridges in uh, the Pittsburgh area. Uh, and there was, uh, I think, two years ago, like over 800 people packed under this bridge. Um, and we had um, Nikolai Volkov and Demolition Axe. Nice. And uh, Demolition, I, and I got to referee Demolition Axe's last match, uh, last singles match. He ended up doing a, a match with Smash uh, uh, later on that year. Um, but it was like, I go back and I look at those pictures and I see myself standing in that ring and seeing the sea of people and just thinking, it's going to be another two years until 
that amount of people are going to be allowed to be anywhere or comfortable enough to be anywhere or safe enough to be anywhere. Like even if, you know, vaccinations happen and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's still people, I don't see people being that readily willing to do that. Like you could have the, you know, you know, the, the Moose Hall shows get, you know, 300 people and maybe like get something like that. But like, it's, it's, it's kind of a bummer. And I don't want to think about that. Well, besides, besides the two kids, obviously one very newborn uh, this year, what have you been doing to, to occupy your time until the, the, the day that, you know, we could have wrestling events and all that again, and yeah. you return back to your career? Well, I, um, I'm, I work in marketing uh, outside of um, my professional wrestling career um, <laughs> and uh, got laid off during the pandemic as well. So at the, at the beginning of the year, uh, so I've been raising the two kids uh, while my wife is working. And um, since you do have a video feed for your podcast, I'm sure viewers can see the Bee Gees things behind me. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Bee Gees fan because every single professional wrestler that I've met also is a Bee Gees fan. So it makes sense. Um, <laughs> we don't I, know why it makes sense, but it, it, right. it is yeah. something that's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, um, so I've, I've had this weird, strange, I don't want to say obsession with the Bee Gees, but um, I've, I've followed them for 30 years for since the early nineties. And um, not just like everybody knows them as the disco band, but they have, you know, 40 year catalog and um, here they all are right there. There's all (laughs) kinds of books and um, they, they've just been fascinating to me. So I have started writing a memoir from my perspective as a Bee Gees fan, as a straight white male growing up in a Pittsburgh, uh, small Pittsburgh town, 20 years after the height of the Bee Gees career themselves, like I was the only Bee Gees fan I knew for 20 years until I met somebody else. It was like, Oh my God, you like what I like. Um, <laughs> so it's always been this weird story after story. So it's, it's a collection of short stories about myself being a Bee Gees fan and it's called Bee Gees and me. I, um, started a Facebook group and um, a couple of different social media accounts. Um, so I've been working on that. I've been working on um, getting that finished. I have a couple of screenplays that are in the works, but I wouldn't say anything is, you know, any, any close to being done yet, but, um, but yeah, so doing a lot of writing, doing more. Uh, have you put any of this raising. in the hands of any of the surviving members of the Bee Gees? No, no, not yet. Uh, well, the, uh, I have had stuff, reshared and retweeted by the actual Bee Gees social media pages, which aren't run by them. They're run by Capitol Records or whoever, whoever social media team is, is doing their stuff. So I've had some connections with some people in certain circles, um, but I haven't, had, I haven't had the pleasure of talking to anybody related to, like, to, to Barry Gibb or anything. Okay. That's one of the dreams. If if something leads to that, um, that that would be awesome. Well, just remember us if we're the ones that connect you. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So also, Barry, if you if you're listening to Chris's podcast, Barry, come on, give me a call. I'd be very shocked if he was listening. To my- <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, tr- truth be told, isn't there also? And maybe maybe I'm not remembering correctly from when we had our conversation a couple of days ago. 
isn't there also a podcast in the works? Yeah, so I'm uh, part of the, um, the, the stuff that I'm doing to promote this book that will be out. Um, I'm starting a podcast, connecting with other fans, hearing their stories. Um, and kind of like I said, I hadn't known many Bee Gees fans over the course of the, the 30 years that I've liked them. So hearing their stories is also fascinating to me, trying to figure out why I have bookcases full of stuff, like investigating what the collecting addiction is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm meeting some awesome people um, and, and uh, hopefully, and I'm going to be talking with um, somebody that was in uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Um, there was a movie that uh, the, the, the Bee Gees starred in in 1978 that was this wonderfully awesome piece of work. Uh, did I say wonderfully awesome? I meant wonderfully awful piece of work. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> highly regarded as one of the worst movies ever made, but it's Fabulous. It's the cheesiest, most campy. Um, so um yeah, a, a mutual friend of ours uh uh introduced me to her and um you can say his name, Steve Joyner. He's yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> we get so him credit on this show. That's right, that's right. Um so he he connected he connected me with um uh with with uh, a guest that I'll be speaking with uh on the BG's and Mini podcast that will be coming out later this year. Nice. Actually, Go ahead. What platform are you going to be releasing on? Are you going to be doing uh, audio only, like through Anchor or Podbean, or are you going to be doing like a YouTube or um, this? Like I do or yeah, this this uh, it'll probably be through Libsyn. Um, so it'll be Apple, Google, YouTube, uh, Spotify. Right um, I'm also, I'm doing another podcast as well. It's called List Rate Rank. Uh, if if we're at the plug part of the show, I might as well yeah. plug that as well. Well, we're talking about what you do. I mean, yeah. So this is yeah, this is what's been keeping me busy. Uh, List Rate Rank is a, um, a ranking podcast that I do with a wonderfully hilarious comedian, Felicia Gillespie. Um, the two of us research a topic and bring top five lists to debate with each other to what should be the top five of that topic. Um, from there, we loop in a guest expert in that field present our list to them and they laugh at us and say, you guys are idiots who did all your research on Wikipedia. And we're like, yeah, I got us. Um, and then they school us and tell us what the actual top five things are. So we've done, you know, we've talked with, uh, uh, a Martian scientist from the United Kingdom about the, uh, about the planet Mars. We've talked to uh, an expert. Uh, this this Bee Gees book right here, the guy who one of the authors of that book. We spoke with him about the Bee Gees. Um, we've we've covered um, marketing blunders. We've talked about how to quit your job uh, and starting your own business. We've um, talked about like it. There's there's no topic left unturned. Uh, we could oh, wow. we could talk about everything. So. Um, it's Chris, we should have you on and we could talk about the best wrestlers to come out of Philadelphia um, or something. The East Coast kid, know. Matt Wild. What's that? The East Coast kid, Matt Wild. There, we did the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even the best wrestler in Colorado, whether off Philadelphia. <laughs> no, but, that, but that's awesome. I'd love to do your show. It, it sounds interesting just because I'd, I'd love to pretend to be an expert on something I probably know nothing about. And, and that's part of it too. If, if it's, um, 
like we we throw around the term guest expert but uh like i mean legitimately we had like i said the he's he's from the united kingdom um but they don't have nasa there they have Eurospace or whatever their version of nasa is but it was like i, I posted something and it was like hey we're having this conversation about mars blah blah, blah. and he's like oh I'll, I'll talk about it i'm like what are your credentials and he's like i'm a doctorate from um oh, fuck what's the Cambridge or something like that. He's like, I'm a doctor from Cambridge and I work for European NASA and parts of the rover that's on NASA or on Mars right now, I helped build. I'm like, okay, you're qualified. We'll talk <laughs> with you. We'll, yeah. Um, I, seen, I seen the movie The Martian once. Does that count? I, I, <laughs> one of the things that we talk about was growing potatoes on Mars in your own shit. So, um, <laughs> That's actually going to be out next week. I think that episode is is coming out. So, um, Ricky Baja, Ricky Bahia was his name. Awesome dude. Um, but yeah, like that's that's the stuff that's keeping me busy. Like I want to talk with people who are passionate about things that they do, um, because to me, nothing else is as fascinating as hearing somebody describe or or passionately talk about what they do. Um, try to try to write and hopefully you know be a good husband and a good father in in the meantime or be a good husband and father first and then this stuff in the meantime whoever's listening right now I'll, like, I'll, sorry i'll edit that in case your wife's listening yeah, yeah she, <laughs> she, she won't listen <laughs> it's like my wife actually <laughs> yeah, funny story from from steve joiner uh when you when you watch back this episode after it's recording you'll see in the intro i have a shout out by uh one uh eddie Deason who is infamous for Greece and for like critters. And, and of course he was the voice of one of the characters from like the Powerpuff Girls or something like that, you know? And, uh, and uh, my, my wife is a huge Greece fan. And it wasn't until damn near a year later that I've been working with Steve that she discovered that Steve's friends with Eddie Deason. All that time, she never realized that Eddie Deason's the guy that does the shout at the beginning of my show. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, wait a second, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to point anything out, but. <laughs> well, that was that was my proof to Steve that she don't listen to my show. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely hilarious. I, I would uh, I would love to not not only be on your show. I would love to just sit down and listen to your show. I'm gonna have to go look it up. Awesome. You know, Thank you. Because uh, because the simple fact of, like I said, I, I there's nothing I love more than people talking about things. I don't want to say that they don't know nothing about, but yeah. they're learning about. That, if, if that makes sense. I don't mean people that like, you know, just talk out their ass pretending they know what they're talking about. I'm talking about people like they, they give their opinions or their points of view. And then it's like, no, no, this is actually how it works. And it's like, oh, you know, one of yeah. those deals. You know what I mean? The, 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 I always say, and I always thank the guests when, um, when I have them on that the, 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 I'm having all the fun. I feel bad because I research the topic during the week. I read all kinds of articles. I pull all kinds of stuff. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to ask about this or, or I can't blah, blah, blah. It's as educational. Like, I don't want to say it's educational because then people are like, Oh, I don't want to learn stuff, but it's, it's a balancing of humor and educational and, and people talking about what they're passionate about. And um, it's, 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 it's an interesting way to, I think, create and have a podcast because 
it's you you kind of get that that initial learning of the surface level stuff the stuff you could find on wikipedia or other articles that are already written and then you bring the expert in and and you find out even more uh we we had a great conversation with a a woman from new zealand about uh ufos and um abductions and and all these ufo things um so so hearing hearing some of those stories uh was was awesome um having what was the other one we did ghost this uh we, we talked to a ghost hunter she's been to some of the most haunted locations all over the country and uh, and um she invited us to go along with her on a ghost hunt in the west virginia penitentiary and we're like fuck yeah we'll be there please let me know like <laughs> i want to go ghost hunting with you oh absolutely so it's like that that sort of thing where um it's i'll it's, be on it's, that it's, show let me know when that happens <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> well i'll tell you what i had a random thought that popped into my head it's a ter- it's a terrible thought probably but uh I have an idea for you to, to entertain yourself while uh, waiting for, for the world to come back into some semblance of light. Yeah. I myself am guilty of this. I have home video uh, wrestling matches on YouTube that you can find, you know, and I know there's plenty of other wrestlers that have it too. And what I mean by home video means that, that you, you know, a friend or family member recorded it as opposed to some sort of production value. Right. Okay. And, uh, so there's no commentary there. There's, you know, you're there. The audio is usually very low tech. You know? Yeah. I think you, your brother and your co-hosts, all comedians. And, and especially since you and your brother had that, uh, that time of doing this anyway, should kind of mystery science theater, 3000 commentate <laughs> some of these matches. I bet it'd be a hit. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. Wild Bill and Mark present. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Oh, man. Well, we reached that time of the show. Why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can get in contact with you or find some of your material, like your podcast uh, that you currently have going on. Awesome. And we will go from there. Yeah. So um, my, all my stuff is on Instagram and Twitter at listrateRank, at BGs and me, or at Yinzer Lucha is my friend, Yinza, the Pittsburgh Luchador. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll forward you a couple of links that you could uh, yeah, put on the, on the comment section too. So yes, that way I make sure it's a description down below. You guys can just click on the links and uh, reach uh, David's stuff there. Yeah. And there's yeah. also uh, kswa.net for the local Pittsburgh uh, Federation that I work with. And hopefully in 2021, we'll be up and, and doing, doing more shows. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll take a trip out to the uh, <clears throat> loser capital of the world, a uh, Steelers. I'm sorry. Um, Seven and oh, seven and oh. What? I'll tell you the same thing I tell Dallas Cowboy fans when they give give a shit about the Eagles only having one Super Bowl ring. Yeah, but we can watch the last time the Eagles won the Super Bowl on DVD. The last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl, you have to dust off the VHS. <laughs> Let's just remember that, okay? That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, I have friends. I have friends from Philly and uh, and friends who still live there. So uh, the the city is nice. Um, you don't have to lie on my show. they might be listening they might be listening i hate the flyers ow and i'm wearing a flyers hat i know right no i'm just kidding (laughs) i don't know what i'll tell you what i did i never minded the pittsburgh penguins i i respected them i know it's for a flyers fan to say but i actually never hated the penguins until Sidney crosby 
He's he's a very polarizing. Uh, of course, he's, he's beloved here. He's a douche. I mean, he's no Alexander Ovechkin. <laughs> he's that guy's an asshole. Um, I, I I'm I'll tell you what my favorite who's my favorite hockey player is, Rick Tockett. Nice. So I have, you know, Rick Tockett jersey upstairs. I could have wore. Uh, he's he's Philly boy and uh, came to Pittsburgh. Um, so, but yeah, like it, it just I don't know. Philly, Philly, the the Flyers and the Penguins are always kind of it's kind of like Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's that it's that rivalry. Uh, the Capitals <laughs> and the Penguins too. Uh, Sid, I think, gets a little bit too much uh, harassment about his crybaby stuff. Um, Is there such thing as too much harassment for crybabies? Yeah, good point. <laughs> but and you know, you, when when you're the best player in the world, you're gonna have people oh, throwing throwing stuff from the bottom up at him. So come on, best player in the world. <laughs> I mean, sure, you're, you're right. Uh, Evgeny Malkin uh, might be also the best player in the, the co-best player in the world. I know the NHL wants to wants to project him as the next uh, Wayne Gretzky, but he's nowhere near Wayne Gretzky's league. <laughs> Can you imagine if Gretzky or Lemieux would have been able to play in today's NHL with, like, they used to like tackle people back in back in their day like Lemieux wouldn't be able to skate from the blue line without getting tripped or hacked at and things like that so oh absolutely um, and I'll tell you what Lemieux and Yager those were the reasons I respected Pittsburgh (laughs) right there you you just named one of two names that like whenever I heard them I just I groaned because I knew we were going to get our asses kicked Yeah, but yeah, Philly, Pittsburgh, we're all right. We're all right. The Steagles, we always have the Steagles, baby. That's it. But just remember, Philly, Pittsburgh can hate each other all they want as long as we all hate Boston Bruins. Amen. There you go. And of course, guys, if you enjoyed this episode in any capacity, hit that thumbs up button. Like, share, comment, subscribe. If you prefer it in audio format, just look up Roman the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. Guys, thank you very much for hanging out with me. I want to thank my guest, David uh, Fedor, for coming out and spending some time with me. I know he's got to get back to his uh, kids because I'm pretty sure I remember them days. Diapers and bottles are coming up soon. But until then, let me know when you're back in action and and your boy's back in action because I'd love to come see him or at least let the people know that he's back out in the world. Until then, guys, I will catch you on the next Breaking the Fourth Wall. Have a good night.